Are you experiencing the hope, encouragement, and power of God's unchanging word in your life this year? It would be awesome if all believers answered that question with a given, solid yes. However, as we continue to go through this incredibly hard season, statistics are showing that Christians are reading their Bibles less and less. According to a 2020 study of over 10,000 people by the Pew Research Center in July, almost 9 out of 10 Americans are coping with the pandemic by watching more television and movies than they used to. Simultaneously, the same study showed that only about half of Christians are reading their Bibles on any sort of regular basis during this pandemic. Where are you in the midst of these statistics? This has been an extraordinary year, without a doubt. All of us have found our lives changed in very core ways, from working at home to figuring out new schooling routines for our kids to everything in between. As everything changes around us, what is unchanging within us? Are we holding on to the unchanging anchor? Of God's Word. I am absolutely convinced of the sustaining power of God's Word, and I've personally found myself bolstered by it this year. Maybe that's because several years ago, I experienced an extraordinary season with God's Word, a season during a really hard, desperate time in my life that God sustained me. He made me stronger so that I lean into God's Word even more during this season. You know, I'd love to share my Jesus story about this with you. Really, this may be the most important podcast I share all year. So I'm going to cue the intro, then invite you in to my Jesus story about how God's unchanging word saved my life. What truth are we speaking into the next generation? What legacy are we creating for those we care about? Are we making a difference so that our kids will know Jesus? Hi, my name is Tasha Williams, and the answers to these questions really matter to me. And if you're a Christ follower, I'm sure they matter to you too. I'm the founder of the Family Disciple Me Ministry, and we are convinced that there's power in our Jesus stories, that God's Word is life-changing, and that discipleship doesn't have to be intimidating. So join us as we talk about faith, scripture, relevant topics, intentional discipleship, and the next generation. Friends, it starts with a conversation. So let's get going on this podcast right now. It was a fine summer evening a few years ago when my husband hooked up our cattle trailer and took our two youngest daughters and I out on a drive east of Colorado Springs. We were going to see a man about a horse, a horse we were considering buying for our family. We'd been going through a really hard season in our lives, and we had the idea that bringing a horse home putting him in the empty barnyard, teaching our younger girls to ride, well, that might just be the thing to bring back some life and hope to our family. My husband had scoured Craigslist for weeks looking for the perfect Tennessee walking horse, and he finally found one that looked like he might fit the bill for our family. 
Kelly haggled on the price and finally got it to what we were hoping for. So we loaded up the girls and the trailer and took them on a surprise outing. Well, once we got there, the man took us to see Vern. Unfortunately, Vern was about as exciting to me as his name. Nonetheless, Kelly rode him. Anna Lurie rode him. Journey Grace rode him. He did great. He was a very decent Tennessee walker, if not a super interesting one. My girls and Kelly then urged me to try riding him, so I did. I hopped on old Vern's back and took a ride around the round pen. All was well, until it wasn't. Suddenly, Vern was going way too fast, and that's where my memories cease. Later, I was told that the stirrup broke as I was riding Vern. He began going too fast, and then he came to a sudden halt, throwing me against the round pin fence, which I hit, then crumbled to the ground. The few hours that followed, my family had to tell me the details about I had a severe head injury, and when the paramedics finally made it to our remote location, they were afraid I wasn't going to survive the ambulance ride to the hospital. So they called Flight for Life to come whisk me away to medical facilities. Kelly later told me that I kept asking about each of our five children, their whereabouts and safety. I do remember asking about them, but apparently I asked over and over and over. He told me that simultaneously I couldn't answer simple questions the first responders were asking me. Things like, what year is it? Or do you live on a farm? Or who's the president? I guess I just kept saying all sorts of nonsensical things while continuing to ask about our kids. Kelly also told me later that as they took my stretcher into the ambulance as they were waiting for Flight for Life, he said to me, recite Psalm 119 you've been memorizing. Then he told me he looked at the medical professionals saving my life and told them I'd be reciting those verses for them. I don't remember Kelly telling me to recite my verses, but I do remember reciting them. Apparently, the first responders watched in a bit of amazement as this otherwise incoherent woman recited God's word. Psalm 119 was my lifeline that night. But really, Psalm 119 was my lifeline that year. A few months prior, I was experiencing one of the most dramatically painful experiences of my whole life. The day after it came to be, God whispered to me, start memorizing Psalm 119. Psalm 119, I protested. That's 176 verses long. At least verse-wise, Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the Bible, I reminded God. His voice insisted. Psalm 119, a verse a day for the next 176 days. I've memorized plenty of verses before my whole entire life, and my roommate in college taught me to memorize chapters, but I've never memorized anything like that. However, on April 13th, 2018, that's what God told me to do. So I obeyed. A verse a day I memorized. Come hell or high water, as they say in the South, Psalm 119 is composed of 22 octets, one for each letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Psalm 119 is all about God's Word, but I soon found 
that it's also about so much more. Day by day, night by night, I memorized. I typed up those verses on the front and back of an eight and a half by 11 pages. Then I printed them and laminated them and they went with me everywhere I went. Then at night, as my head hit the pillow, I'd recite all that I'd memorized up to that point until I fell asleep. And you know what happened? During the hardest season of my life, I slept like a baby, a peaceful baby, that is. During that most excruciating season, God used those words, his words, like medicine for my soul. He sustained me. He rescued me from drowning. He held me up as I held on to him and clung to his word. It was two or three months into that memorizing journey when I had my accident with Vern. Who knew that God would use his word to anchor my mind in that moment too? I was helpless. They were afraid I was dying. They put me in the helicopter and they whisked me away while my husband and daughters had a two-hour drive to the hospital, not able to find out if I was dead or alive until they got to the emergency room. My family couldn't be with me, but I tell you today, I testify, I was not alone. Of course, amazing medical professionals worked to help me. But the other thing I remember is that God was with me as I somehow recited his word through a severe brain and body injury. He flooded me with his presence. I experienced him. I knew he was with me. And though I'll never be able to prove it till I get to heaven, I believe he literally saved my life and reversed the deathward spiral of my injuries while I was in that helicopter. Unbelievably, I was released from the emergency room by midnight that night. Also, unbelievably, during my season of recovery and the months beyond, I was able to finish memorizing Psalm 119's 176 verses, so that on October 6th that year, I could recite the whole psalm. I am convinced that through the 176 hardest days of my life, God's word saved me. Now, please don't hear me wrong, friend. My eternal salvation is in Christ alone. But that year, God's word saved me from depression, from sleeplessness, from anxiety attacks, from hatred, from revenge, from futility, from overwhelm, from absolute terror, being whisked away into the sky facing who knows what. God's word saved me from, well, me. I'm quite certain I would have not survived that year without the steady anchor of his word. As a very young girl in elementary school, I began reading God's word. Nobody made me do that. The desire welled up within me. I believe he put it there. Then as a young teenager, I took to heart his promise. I found in Joshua 1.8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do everything written in it. Then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. 
As a teenager, I decided to take God at His word in that verse. I decided to keep His word on my lips and in my heart. I decided to live by what He had commanded His people to do. I decided to cling to Him instead of fear and experience whatever goodness He had in store for my life. Honestly, I wanted to test Him with my life and find out if He is indeed true to His word. And decades later, this is what I can say. God is true to His Word. As I've kept His Word on my lips and in my heart, it has come alive for me. I could spend the next three hours or more going verse by verse just through Psalm 119 and what God said to me and the hope and the encouragement He gave me through that. God's Word is alive. God has taken away my terror and He turned it into courage. He has blessed me even in the hardest times. And the best blessing of all is that He has been with me wherever I've gone and whatever I've gone through, just like He promised. Fast forward to recent months. By now, the 176 verses of Psalm 119 have slipped out of the front of my memory. They haven't been quite as locked in as they were a few years ago. About a month or two ago, I felt God's Spirit nudge me to begin reviewing the verses and octets of Psalm 119. I counted up that day, and I realized that there were 22 weeks left in 2020, enough weeks to review, re-memorize, and re-engage the truths of Psalm 119's 22 octets one week at a time. This week, as I record this, I'm at Zion, the seventh letter of the Hebrew alphabet. In this octet, it says, Remember your word to your servant, in which you have made me hope. This is my comfort in my affliction, that your promise gives me life. The insolent utterly deride me, but I do not turn away from your law. When I think of your rules from of old, I take comfort, O Lord. God's unchanging word brings comfort and hope. His promise gives us life. And as I am reviewing these verses, I find it's not as hard as it was the first time. It truly is a review because this scripture is now buried deep within me. One of our themes for Family Disciple Me is seek him, speak him. I remember clearly the bright sunny day in my office when the Lord whispered those four words over me as a theme for this ministry. You can see it on our website and in our social media. Well, as I've re-memorized Psalm 119, I had this full circle moment of realizing that when God spoke that to me, He was synthesizing what He had already been speaking to me through His Word for years. Blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his statutes, who seek him with all their heart. And with all my whole heart, I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. Over and over, Psalm 119 reminds us to seek him. Which brings me to this moment and this question. How are you seeking him? Psalm 119 compels us to seek God through His Word. 
Of course we can seek the Lord in prayer, and we should. And of course we can seek the Lord in nature and in so many different ways. But specifically, for right now, let's focus on how we seek Him through His Word. By sharing my Psalm 119 memorization story with you, I'm not saying you have to memorize the longest chapter in the Bible. But I'm saying this, and I'll say it strongly. You should be spending time in God's Word. Are you struggling with anxiety this year? Are you struggling with sleeplessness right now? Are you struggling with anger or fear or hopelessness or depression? I clearly understand that there are no easy answers to these struggles, but I do know the power of God's Word. And excuse me for getting up in your business, but I want to press into your personal space. Before you reach for the meds, the remote, the food, the magazines, the whatever, are you reaching for God's Word? Before you turn to the news, the media, your social media, the internet, are you turning to the unchanging truth of God's Word? And friend, what's more, are you teaching the next generation to do that too? What are you showing them by your example? Making a priority of God's Word could mean reading one verse, one chapter, or one simple devotional. It could mean that you spend some time personally internalizing a family disciple me discipleship conversation about a certain scripture. It could mean that you choose a passage to memorize during the day, then you recite it as you lay your head on the pillow each night. It could mean that you sing psalms or do a study of the blessings. If you're a believer, the Holy Spirit is inside of you, working within you to will and to do His good pleasure. Jesus is with you. He's walking with you, beside you, through your story, giving you your own Jesus story. As you seek Him, speak Him. This may be the hardest year of your life. Or, like me, it may be incomparable to one of your other hardest seasons. But as you lean into God's unchanging word, your anchor for the soul, I am convinced that he will do everything he says he will do in you through his word for your good and his glory. Your heart a little lighter, your fear a little less controlling your anxiety a little less overwhelming, your sleepless nights a little less, well, sleepless, your depression a little less dark. The path of the righteous is like the first light of dawn, shining brighter and brighter till the full break of day. God is true to his word, my friend. He will sustain you through it as surely as he sustained me in that desperate year and all the way to now. I hope someday to have the opportunity to hear one of your Jesus stories about God's word. But till then, will you do me a favor? Go start a conversation about it with someone entrusted to you. Talk truth to your tribe about what God is doing in your life through his word today. Thanks for joining me in this podcast. 
The discipleship conversation that accompanies this episode is available in the show notes. Content and verse images are available for you to use whatever pieces and parts help you engage a biblical discussion with your kids. Also available in the show notes are a couple of links to the research studies that I cited in this episode. In closing, I'd like to speak a blessing from Psalm 119 over us. Blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep His testimonies, who seek Him with their whole heart. May you, God, pour your blessing on your people as we live and keep your word, seeking you with everything within us in every season. Amen. Now, friend, go with God.